You've entered into the Paracosmos, where anything is possible and everything is probable. I'm Lacey, the ever-growing desire to have X-Men in the MCU. And I'm Leah, the plants that Isaiah is using to drive away the rest of the world. Oh my god. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Um, I want to start out this episode with a little disclaimer. Uh, last episode, I said Paracosm. I said that because we named a lot of things that, but our show is Paracosmos, so I apologize. I'll be saying that from now on. And also, just another disclaimer, spoilers. Like, every episode is going to have pure spoilers, so if whatever we name the episode, if you haven't watched at least, like, the show it's based around, I wouldn't necessarily say you have to read the comics unless that's a big deal to you. Um... But if you haven't watched the show, I would not listen to the episode yet. Obviously, that goes without saying that we will put in the descriptions below or next to us what we're talking about. And if it's going to be directly tied to a comic series or a movie series that you do have to be a little more familiar with. But this week, we are talking about the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus series. So, no real comic book knowledge to that, unless you just like the characters a whole lot. I have a little bit of comic knowledge, but we'll we'll get there. Ooh, just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> we we've got a we've got a little background onto these characters, which I think a lot of people would if they are just that invested in it. Uh, but we will do better at differentiating between what is the mcu knowledge versus what is the comic book knowledge yeah time. and i will try to be a little more educational when it comes to the comic book stuff because you know it's comic book stuff is not as popular as the movies and shows that's just common sense yeah right now it is all about what is on your screen and not necessarily what is on the pages so this episode is about what's on the screen yep all right so the first thing I want to talk about with this series is Bucky's therapy because I lived for it. I loved it. Um, like, okay, a moment that stood out to me with his therapy, um, and I think this was an early, I think this was the first episode, was when the therapist is like, I'm the only person you have called all week, and that is sad. And I was like, I've had a therapist like that before who would not, like, take my phone and say stuff like that, but would absolutely call me out on things and be very straightforward so as soon as she did that i was just i was clapping i was like yes absolutely call him out on his bs oh yeah i loved that they just were willing to put bucky through therapy to begin with because a lot of the times in this type of media we see that just gloss clean over the fact that there's trauma that they got to work through and this dude had like what 80 90 years of trauma a lot so yeah, to get through, and she called him on his shit. She was straightforward about it and knew 100% when he was lying to her, and I loved that. Um, I kind of had a love-hate relationship with the therapist, though, because at some point it was like she forgot that he's the longest-running POW, you know, in the MCU right now. So he's going to not be able to just open up immediately and take all those steps. It's very much a baby step progress with Bucky. And I don't know. He's one of my very, very favorite characters too. So I'm just happy that I think, he's working through his trauma. Yeah, I think that was done. I think the reason why that happened where it seemed like his therapy was rushed is because they only had so many episodes to shoot. 
and I think that they were trying to show progress. But I agree, like it, it there are points like if you've ever been to therapy, you know, you know that it's not like a it's not a, well, at least with deeper trauma like what he has, it's not like, oh, five sessions and we're pretty good. <laughs> like that's not how that works. Uh he should still be going to therapy, honestly, even with everything he did in the show, just to continue his growth because you don't get better in like five, six sessions with that kind of trauma backing you down so yeah and uh, the series falcon winter soldier was set i want to say eight months after the events of endgame so we are left to assume that since the funeral tony stark's funeral of endgame uh bucky has been going to therapy probably once or twice a week uh, for at least eight months, and then the series, I think, is set over the course of, like, two weeks or something like that. Uh, yeah, it's quick. Yeah, it's, like, a very, very fast-paced little mini-series that we got, and I, I'm a sucker for a mini-series anyway, so them doing that, and then we only get to see, like, the back half of his therapy progress of those, like, six episodes, and I think in those six episodes, he was actually only in regards with the therapist, like, three times, four times, maybe, until that final uh and sequence with him and the therapist and the notebook and everything uh yeah so we got that and so we know he's been going we know that they've been working on this it's just it still felt a bit rushed with the ending of it because like i don't think that they had to wrap his therapy up they could have just had it progress to a different stage um instead of him just abandoning therapy altogether which is kind of what yeah, i like at the end of that yeah, I didn't want him to leave therapy because I, I don't think that represents um, a realistic form of the therapy process. You don't, like, yes, some people do just abandon therapy. Like, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I've done that before and then I've gone back. Uh, so it happens, but I don't, I wish they hadn't shown him doing that. You know what I mean? As like, because when you do these shows and these movies, you know, there's no, there's no denying kids are watching teenagers are watching adults adults are watching um and you know that's an example for everybody and to for people who really connect with the character really love the character if they had seen him continue to go to therapy that could have been really beneficial so i definitely think that he should have just like if they had ended it with him like or at least part of the ending with him still going to therapy and like maybe like showing some improvements in the session, like not, I don't need to come anymore, but look, I've improved. Like, I think that would have been really cool. Yeah. And I think the most realistic ending for the therapy or continuation of the therapy would be him sitting down with the therapist and going, I'm finally ready to go talk to Yuri. And, uh, and then we still get that, montage of the final episode of him telling yuri about his son and the notebook like he finally closes up the notebook portion of his healing and he still gets to go to therapy and stuff uh and then you know that is a big deal because a lot of people really resonate with these characters and they see themselves in these characters and that's why it is so popular right now because we live in a world where we're just trying really hard to find something that matches us and that we fit into. So right. when you see him go to therapy and you're like, this is one of the toughest superheroes to exist right now. And he still has these moments of emotional weakness and vulnerability where he has to go talk to somebody. 
because he's got nothing left now. All of his family is gone. Steve is gone. But he's still trying to find a way to move on from it all and be a better version of himself. And that's going to mean a whole lot to a lot of people that are in obviously not the same scenarios as Buggy Barnes. But just that have some traumas like that, especially like POWs, vets, uh, I would more so argue for men on that because they don't really get to have that open vulnerability and emotional side to them most of the time without being criticized by people around them. So to see a character like this go through that probably would mean a whole lot to those people. Right, yeah, there's that stigma kind of blocking that from being a thing, so to have him continue would have been a great way to kind of fight that. Uh, speaking of his family, because uh, we said he didn't have a lot of family, and I mean, that's true. Like, he he has very similar to Scarlet, lost a lot. I mean, this is, we are pretty much at the point in the MCU where we are dealing with the aftermath of Endgame, right? Like, Endgame didn't just tie up nicely with Tony's funeral. Like, that's not how that works in real life. All these characters <laughs> that are left behind have to deal with what life is now. It's not all just happy and rainbow and sunshine <laughs> after they beat Thanos. That's not how that works. Like, there are problems. There are new problems that arise. There are new villains that come up there are new heroes so you know we have to kind of see what's going on now and so for for bucky being around so long to, to not have feel like he has anybody and to be so connected to just the shield itself like it's not <laughs> steve's gone and so now all that's left of steve is the shield and so when sam gave up the shield for the museum I totally understood how Bucky felt like his family, all that was left of his family was just being put on a shelf. Uh, yeah, and, and I, that I felt, that. yeah, like I'm glad he, I'm glad that happened because it kind of is a catalyst for the tension between them, which we needed. I think, I think Sam and Bucky had to have tension first in order to form friendship. I think they, because I think they needed something pulling them more together between them than just we're both best friends of Steve. Yeah, and you could kind of see that that um, tension between their friendship developing from Captain America the Winter Soldier. You know, when they first encounter each other, Sam is immediately like, okay, let's go rescue this guy. You know, he's like, he tells Steve in that film, Bucky doesn't remember you, and he's not the same guy that he was when you knew him, but I'm going to go with you anyway on this ridiculous mission to bring Bucky back from the Winter Soldier. And then we see it again in Civil War, where Sam is like, all right, let's go after him. Uh, I'm trusting Steve. Steve says Bucky did not blow up this building and kill these people. So I trust Steve. So Sam's whole right. side of that is Steve. That's their common friend, their common denominator between them. And now Steve is gone. So they have to find something that's holding them together. And I think Bucky put a lot of that on just the shield. And he says it in, I think, episode five. The shield was the last bit of family he had left, so when Sam gave that up, he felt anger and betrayed. And just, like, he was being forgotten about, too, even if he didn't acknowledge that to begin with. And by the end of the series, we see not just co-workers anymore, we see actual friendship between this, these two characters. 
And I just loved that so much that they were able to explore that side of their friendship. And then you got to see the buddy cop side of it, where these two men clearly care about each other. Even though they're being so stubborn about it the entire time and not wanting to talk about it, we still got that from the therapist that Sam has called Bucky a couple times and has texted him a whole bunch and Bucky's just not reaching back out to him. So Sam is at least making the effort to right. carry that friendship on without Steve. Um, and I just, I really enjoyed that, that they were able to show the love between these two characters in such a non-toxic way and they were able to get past that stigma of men can't, be friends with each other like they can't love each other unconditionally without some weird undertone being carried through it you know right like they're just they're just becoming close best friends and there's nothing wrong with that like not not everything has to be romance you know i know that i already know that the internet has taken off with shipping them together which if the mcu decides to put them together great awesome but like it's also okay for two characters to just be friends like, male-male, female-male, female-female, you know, non-gendered, like, whatever. Like, it's okay for two characters to just remain yeah, you friends can, sometimes. you can just be platonic with each other. And I did love that so much that, like, the internet is just rolling wild with this right now. And the actors themselves, you know, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, have been asked these questions in recent interviews. And Sebastian Stan was like, sure, if that's where they want to take the characters in the MCU, then it would make total sense because of the dynamic that we've already set up. If that were to happen, I'm here for it. Anthony Mackie the same way, but Mackie's statements were more so like, can two men just be friends and love each other without people having to try and force them together? Because he very much wants to break that if you're masculine and you're an alpha male, I'll say like in quotations around that, uh, that you can't just love your friends. You know, you can't right. tell your friends that you love them. So his whole, the way he played Sam Wilson in this was that that boundary does not exist. That these two men just genuinely want to be friends and they just genuinely get to that point where they do love each other and they want to protect each other and their family. So I loved that. I love that whichever direction the MCU decides to take these characters in the future, both the people playing them are on board for it. The characters are on board for it. Clearly the fans are here for it. So I'm like, whichever version of this we get, I'm going to love it. I would love it also if Bucky and Sam's sister became a thing, because I think that would be fucking hilarious. Uh, yes. So much so. I love that idea a whole lot just to drive Sam up a wall. But I don't know. I really loved it. And uh, coming from the therapy part of it, I love that we got to see a little bit more of Sam's background with being a, uh, a veteran counselor. And he, in Winter Soldier, when we first meet Sam Wilson, he is leading a therapy session for returning vets from the military. And the MCU kind of forgot about that for a little while with him. And we finally get to right. see it come back around this time when he's talking with Bucky about therapy. And he gives Bucky some really good advice on how to actually move on from his traumas and embrace them and not necessarily push them in a closet and never think about them again and I right because you can't do that yeah and he acknowledges that and he's like what you're doing is avenging you're not healing you need to stop avenging your past and start healing from your past and then that seems to right. be enough spark for bucky to complete his notebook and make his apologies and i'm we'll get more into that in the next segment about yuri and bucky 
But I just really loved that they brought that back around for this series and that they focused on that. Yeah, because you can fight all day long. You know, I think a lot of people see these heroes and it's like, oh, they're strong and they fight and they can face anything. But to be honest, yeah, yeah, it's the some of the things they face like, like Thanos. Yeah, that's a pretty rough fight. But having to go back and talk to people you've wronged, having to apologize and own up to those things and having to face your past when you weren't like a hero, harder, much harder. Like speaking from experience like you know, I and I think this is true for everybody. No one has ever been a great person their whole life. Everyone goes through a time and a phase where they are probably not the best person. So I think about like I think about that way more often. You know, like the trials I have to face from other people are not as bad as the trials I have to face from myself. And so yeah, I was sure. glad that we got to see that because that that can bring you down to your knees. And no matter how strong you are, no matter what big bad villain you've fought, like your own past can bring you down quicker than any villain out there that exists. Yeah, definitely. And you definitely get that with Bucky because he is an enhanced super soldier who could literally like do everything and stop anything. But then he's got- He could rip you in half. <laughs> with like his one little hand, like just his human hand, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I just, I really appreciated that they went this route with Bucky because when they announced a series for these characters, I was so excited and I was so scared that they were just going to gloss straight over his trauma and make him be that tough as nails- superhero who everything just rolls off of him he's like yeah i just spent like 80 years being a forced assassin for a nazi organization but it's fine uh because i'm not anymore and then that's all we were ever going to get about it because movies tend to do that with their characters to rush to the next step so like talking about bucky a lot sam Let's talk about Sam. Sam also goes through some intense. He's so Sam isn't in therapy during the series, but Sam is going through what the world is going through right now. And I loved that. I ate that up. The fact that as like Sam is a black man and that is a shitty thing to be right now. Like in our world, at least in our country, I can't speak for other countries right now because I mostly stay up to date on, like, USA stuff. Um, that it's That's a shitty position to be in just for that. And that sucks. And they show that in this show. And I'm just so happy they did because it's reality and it's true. Like, the fact that there was a scene where a cop literally looks at Bucky and says, Hey, is this guy bothering you? Yeah. And another cop has to walk up and say, Hey, man, that's like Sam Wilson. That's Falcon. Oh, my God. I screamed. I was like, that is so true. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I fucking love that. So every single person that I talked to about this series when that episode launched we were all like, Bucky was the clear aggressor in that situation. He was the one yelling. He was the one throwing hands up in the air, making a scene and stuff. And Sam was just sitting there and, like, still argumentative, like, still arguing back. And the cops still chose to harass Sam because he was a black man. Bucky is a white man. So they're like, is this man bothering you? And Bucky's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And uh, I loved that. I loved that so much that we actually got to see that because most of the time a series or show, a mainstream movie, is going to ignore that. 
and they didn't. And it only took them recognizing these two men as Avengers and famous for them to back off and be like, oh, we're sorry, please don't report us, you know? And it just, it, I know that that meant the world to a ton of people for them to see that on screen. And it meant the world to me. Sam Wilson is one of my absolute favorite MCU characters. And we got to see him work through his own emotional issues in this series in connection with the shield you know and uh, i loved it i loved everything about it that him meeting isaiah bradley and that kind of being the the how could you keep this from me you know how could you keep this from the world if you knew that he existed he felt so hurt from that choice in that scene and then to immediately follow that up with being harassed by the police was such a bold move for marvel with the Sam and Bucky stuff, well, mainly the Sam stuff, is that I was really happy that this show, like, gave us, like, a visual of white privilege. Because it's real, it exists, I don't care who you are listening to this, it's real. If <laughs> if you're white, you've got privilege 100%. for the sole and, like, fact that you're for white. For us to see that in a Marvel property that millions of people are going to view because you got to remember too that this series debuted as like one of the most watched things on any streaming service and that's what you got to see that is what marvel used their platform for was to show you that this exists to show you that racial inequality is still very much a real thing going on in the world and not just with the events of 2020 in general like unfortunately this is something that is going to happen forever because human beings just can't get their shit together and we got to see that manifest through the purity of sam wilson and uh, as much as i hate that he his character and himself had to go through that i love that they showed it to us yeah and so you know like what i'm gonna say as and i can only say so much because i i am also white so i cannot speak on the matter in a be-all, end-all sort of way. But what I will say is, uh, educate yourself. You know, that's, the, that's one of the best things you can do. Educate yourself. Don't rely on people of color to educate you. That's not their job. Uh, if, they're, if people of color want to educate you, that's great. You need to sit down and listen, but it's not their job to do that. They have enough going on, and you, as a white person... You know, this is getting very political, but this is just honestly how I felt during the show. <laughs> and I wanted to... I, <laughs> yeah, this is a politically motivated series. No matter how you look at it. Yeah, this is, this is a very... motivated series, too. Right. So, like, as a white person, educate yourself. And, like, just come to terms with the fact that you are probably never 100% going to get it right. And you're always going to be doing something wrong. And you know what? But as long as you keep the mindset of always growing and changing and willing to listen then you're doing better than, than what some of those people out there are doing. <laughs> cough, those cops <laughs> cough in the show that they showed and represented based on true events. Right, like what a real depiction of police, too. To just immediately attack the black man in the street. Like, excuse right. me. And that is not, I don't want us to get attacked for like, I'm not attacking all police. The, what I am attacking, though, is the system of police. Like, it, it's wrong. It's not good. I don't like it. But it's, it needs to change. Things need to change. That's obvious. And it's, to be honest, things are going to change uh, whether you like it or not. 
and I'm I'm on board with that. I'm ready for things 100%. to change. Yeah, and it's it's so important for the continued progress of human beings. You know, for us to just continue as a society, you have to change. And we have yeah, we're not supposed to stay the same the whole time. Can't. Like it's you you can't like that's we're gonna be we're gonna what are we gonna do follow archaic laws and archaic rules and our archaic thought processes then we're never gonna progress we just aren't like all these things that we want to happen are not gonna happen we have to move on and exactly. grow and i mean just think what would sam wilson do if you're in a scenario like this what would sam wilson do yeah what would sam wilson do that's good i like that what would sam wilson do i love i love sam i, I like love it. Sam wilson so much and i just loved that in that situation, he still carried himself with so much grace. And you could see that he was just angry. Just yeah. Seething. And I watched um, the behind the scenes thing, uh, the assembled episode for this with Anthony Mackie discussing some of these things. And you could see that he himself as an actor and as a black man in America was emotional that they decided to, to yeah. allow him to use his voice and his feelings for this show, for this character, and that Marvel really listened to him. And I will be 100% straight up right now, again, as a white female in America, that I am, I, five years ago, six years ago, never would have thought that we'd see a black Captain America. Not even, ever. Yeah. I never, it never even crossed my mind that they would do that. Because... And I'm pretty sure it's in the it comics, yes, too. It's, like it's I'm, thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure... He becomes Captain America in the comics, but, like, to think it would be on a television screen, yes. I agree, like, never thought we would have seen it, and after, that's sad. After Captain America Winter Soldier came out, I was like, we're getting so close to Bucky Cap, which I loved, because when Bucky Barnes is Captain America in the comic books, he has, like, no idea what he's doing, because he's a perfect soldier, and an okay man, but he's not the embodiment of Captain America, you know, like the soul of Captain America, the same way that Sam Wilson is, who is just good for the sake of good. Like, Sam right. Wilson and Steve Rogers share so many qualities that it is a natural choice for him to be Captain America in the MCU, in the comic books. So when he does become Captain America in the comic books, a lot of people lost their shit over that. The same way that a lot of people got upset about this show. I've seen a little less of people being mad that Sam is Captain America now than I thought I would see. But like I said, five, six years ago, I would have never thought that they would do this. I 100% thought at the end of Endgame, Bucky Barnes would pick up that shield and be Captain America. And they didn't do it. I'm glad they didn't and do it. I had never been, like, I put all my faith into Marvel. Like, they got all of my eggs in their basket now from doing that. And it's not even like it's some... Um, I will say... It is a bold move on Marvel's part because it could have gone either way. People could have loved it. People could have hated it. And they didn't care. They were like, this character deserves this. This man deserves this. This actor deserves this because he's put so much into this role. And we, we're going to do it. We're going to run with it. And I loved it. I mean, one of the biggest driving factors of this series was Sam Wilson. This was his story. And I'm so happy that they leaned on that so heavily and gave him the the title character. You know, it was Sam. And then that, that title yeah. part at the end yeah. of it, too, changing from the Falcon and Winter Soldier to Captain America. Like. Yes. Oh, I screamed. Goosebumps. Just 
I just, screamed when they changed it. Yeah, just, just saying it, like felt it in yes. my body the whole toe, like head to toes. That was so good. I loved it when it just like goes from Falcon. No, now he's Captain America, and that's what that's who this is. And now. I love it. I love it so much because obviously we went into this series knowing that the end of it, he would be Captain America. We knew that. We knew that this was going to be the journey of Sam Wilson, either fighting to be Captain America or accepting that he was Captain America. And this was more about him accepting he was Captain America uh, and less about him having to fight to be Captain. Because um, I really thought that this series was going to be focused on after Endgame, he has that shield. He's not given that shield up and the government wants to take it from him. But he's got to prove now that he's worthy of the shield. And this series showed us that the government and the shield had to prove that they were worthy of Sam Wilson. And yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah like, they have, it has to prove that it's ready for him and that who like the awesomeness that Sam Wilson is. And also Sam Wilson having to come to terms and accept the fact that like, it is time for him to take that mantle. Like that's a lot of pressure on him, but like, dude, you're a hero. Yeah. Do yeah. it. Like I was, I was so stoked to see that journey of like him really struggling like because that's why he gives it up in the first place he's like no i'm not captain america i couldn't be that like okay i hope by the end of this you are yeah yeah <laughs> like i i get it you're not ready yet like you've got a lot of things to come to terms with and also you know i can't even imagine there's a lot of things they did in this show where as a white person i'm not gonna fully understand because i'm mm -hmm. white you know what I mean? There's a lot of things that he has to deal with that I'm just not, I'm not going to fully understand. I can watch it and I can be like, oh yeah, I can see that, but I'm not going to fully grasp it like a person of color would having to go through the struggles of like, do I take up that mantle? Like, do I get all that pressure on me? Do I have the eye, like the eyes of the world on me? Because it's not just America at that point watching you like Captain America's famous amongst the world. Yes. Like other characters from other countries talk about Captain He's America. So, Captain America extends beyond the borders of America. He is a symbol for people in general. And yeah. I love that they've always focused on that in the MCU with Steve Rogers, where he, in Civil War, says he puts his faith in people. And he fights for people, not just for America. Uh, and I loved that they had Sam Wilson work through those stages to come to the realization that he has fought for this country and he has bled for this country and he will continue to do so no matter what people tell him. And uh, I mean, right. moving from that to him meeting Isaiah Bradley and that's like the spark that ignites him of I'm doing this. Love Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. And I swear, I never thought we would see him ever in a screen adaption. Like he's a relatively new For those of you. Too, so. Yeah. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, Isaiah Bradley's first appearance uh, was in Red, White, and Black number one uh, in January 2003, and he was Captain America. Or yeah, he held at the time he held the title yes, of Captain he was America the second in this Captain series. America, I believe it was Steve Rogers and then Isaiah Bradley. And yeah, and so, and he was a super soldier. He was part of the program. So just just for you, those of you who don't haven't like read the comics or like know much about that, like he was. Captain America and in the series they explore how he was like screwed over yeah they did really really well and I know a lot of people really wanted to see flashback scenes of Isaiah Bradley um and the fights he was talking about with Bucky and I think it was Korea North Korea the Korean war that they were talking about 
I would have loved to have seen that, but I also appreciate that they did not show us that because we got to just focus on Isaiah's facial expressions when he was talking about this. Yeah. In the comic books, Isaiah's unit is tested on to see if they can recreate the super soldier serum that Steve Rogers had. And Isaiah Bradley was the only one that survived the experimentation. So they do talk about that in the series too, that they tested on his unit and they did it because they were black men in what the 50s, the 40s and the 50s. And people didn't care what happened to them at all. Yeah. Yeah, back, back, oh, you're disposable, like, which is awful, like, and terrible, and I'm glad that they mm-hmm. talked about it, like, because it need, like, things can be awful and terrible in our past and our, in our present, but they need the stuff we to talk to, about. Yeah. So I was glad that they yeah, did and that. Yeah, and I, I loved that they did it, and I loved that we just got to see his face, and uh, uh, the actor's name is Carl, um, what is his name? I've forgotten them. Carl Lumbly. Uh, Lumbly. And uh, he did amazing. Just you could see it in his eyes that when he was talking about it and his emotional response to telling the story to Sam and then having Bucky hear it again because Bucky Barnes has known this. He found this information out. I think sometime it's implied that he found this out sometime between the Winter Soldier and Civil War that Isaiah Bradley existed and he obviously remembered fighting with him. And then he did a deeper dive into finding out more about him and the world never knew that Isaiah was Captain America at one point. And it's because he was never supposed to be Captain America. But he chose to, in the comic books, steal the Captain America suit from storage and go save his unit of men that had been captured. And uh, this sounds familiar because this is exactly what Steve Rogers has done in Captain America the First Avenger MCU movie. So... Steve did 100% the exact same thing that Isaiah did, and he was named a hero. He had whole sections of history museums dedicated to him. Everybody in the world knows who he is. Isaiah Bradley did this, and he was put in prison for 30 years and experimented on. That's the difference. They show you his scars, and they tell you his story. And then we learn that because of Isaiah Bradley, they were able to create more super soldiers with his blood. And... And that's such a pivotal point in Sam Wilson's story and acceptance of, well, now I'm going to be Captain America and I'm going to do it because we bled for this country and they're not going to tell us that we aren't worthy of it. You know, he's doing, Sam picks up the shield at the end of the series, not just for himself and for his nephews and his sister and his family, but for Isaiah, you know, because he, yeah, he deserves for Isaiah it. Too. And on Isaiah, we do get to meet Eli Bradley, who, if you are at all familiar with comic books or some of the little Marvel TV animated series, eventually becomes Patriot. So we are getting very, very close now in the MCU to a Young Avengers lineup. And Yeah, we really are. We're getting there. We're getting very, very close. I think we have all of the key players now in the Young Avengers coming to the MCU in the next few months. Uh, well, we've, we've got... Yeah, we've got Young Avengers like getting set up. We also have Thunderbolts getting set up. I won't get too deep into that. Yeah, I won't get too deep because some of that stuff we haven't talked about yet. But uh, U.S. Agent, thank you, thank you, Valentina. Yeah, U.S. Agent is so. 
what a perfect and when they first announced the the casting for this series and the characters they were using i was a little like what are they going to do with us agent you know uh how are they going to work him into the story are they going to do the i'm going to be captain america no matter what and he's just going to beat people up or are they going to throw him in as us agent right out of the gate and i like what they did i loved what they did with him um, it made me I actually like him, him. See, yeah, I, I hated, hated him to him. start, and then when when they switched him to when they took him off Captain America and they switched him to U.S. Agent, I was like, okay, now now I like you. I needed to hate yeah. you first, and now I'm excited to see where you go. And where you go is Thunderbolts. For those of you who don't know, Thunderbolts is another group of heroes and sometimes anti-heroes. Even like Deadpool was a Thunderbolt at one point. Mm-hmm. Um. So it's kind of this own group that the government makes uh, of heroes and anti-heroes. And I think even sometimes villains are in on it. Uh, yeah. But they're similar to the Avengers in that they're, they're a group of people who go and fight and do... It, j- just think Avengers. <laughs> they're yeah, just, instead like of a... Avengers, it's Thunderbolts. So we could go one of two ways with this. Um Either we're going the Thunderbolt route because we now have the Raft coming back into play. We've got Zemo back. Uh, Songbird was actually rumored to be in this series. And I do believe that they shot a scene featuring somebody who would be Thunderbolt or uh, Songbird, I'm sorry. And they cut it because there was a lot of set images that came out of somebody in a white outfit with pink hair. So Songbird would have been in this. I don't know why they cut it exactly. Probably a different placement. They want to put her somewhere else. Yeah. And most of this series, The Falcon and Winter Soldier, was filmed before the pandemic shutdowns. So they did have to go back and rework how they were going to end the series and what the, from the rumor mill, they had to change a little bit of the storyline too, which we'll get into that in just a second um, when we get to the Carly Morgenthau part. But because of the pandemic, I'm sure they had to cut a lot of things out and a lot of characters and stuff. And I do think that what they ended with worked really well so i'm not 100 percent sure how they would have even worked songbird into this but that would have set up either the thunderbolts from the comics or the dark avengers so either one of those things could be in our future at some point same with the young avengers now that we've got eli bradley on the table who i'm a little surprised that they didn't hint at more with because they very easily could have done a tag scene at the end when sam comes to talk to isaiah about the shield and to take him to the museum they could have had eli pick up something very heavy or move something very heavy as like a subtle nod that he has those same super soldier abilities that his grandfather has right um, or his great-grandfather but comic book eli bradley also does not just he's not born with those abilities so he gets them through various means of uh different blood transfusions in experimental drug use and stuff so i'm a little curious to see if we will see a eli bradley again but i am happy that they took the time to introduce him to us i think we will i think we'll see him in a in uh like you said a young avengers thing because we've got uh speedster and wiccan too mm-hmm. set up so i i think that they're introducing those characters a couple at a time and i think eventually it's gonna be like oh here they all are <laughs> Also, fun fact, yeah. Zemo was a part of the Thunderbolts. So, yes, like, Zemo, a villain, was a part of a government organization of heroes to try and do good. Now, 
was he was he a part of it for the right reasons? No, he was definitely doing his Zemo thing and manipulating <laughs> uh, yeah. the Thunderbolts so they, and trying to do his own thing in the comic books. Yeah. So, you know, so they, that they happens. Bring the Thunderbolts, I always feel like, is the equivalent of DC's Suicide Squad. Um, yeah. Because yeah. they bring together a group of either anti-heroes or villains, and they offer the villains, like, a lesser sentence or this is your way to make amends with yourself and be better than you are and zemo is one of those people that they're like if you join our unit of weird ass heroes we're gonna let you out of prison and he's like okay and then there's also the thunderbolt path where they're like we're creating a unit and we're gonna name it the thunderbolts and it's gonna be villains and people that are kind of sort of bad and we're gonna trick the world into believing we're good guys just so that at the very end of it we can snatch it all back and we can be ruling everything and along the way a lot of those characters decide that they like being good and they decide to stay good and zemo is kind of always that back and forth character on is he good is he bad so it just depends on which zemo you're getting and where they go with this but i do think that we'll see him again yeah zemo's interesting um because he is not so we have scarlet witch right who's very motivated by emotion and goes back and forth but zemo started out motivated by emotion i think but now he's more motivated by big picture and so i'm excited to see that develop more because he becomes a lot more there are parts in the comics where he wants to save the world but the way he wants to save the world is just not very hero it's very it's kind of thanosy a little bit um not yeah. exactly what thanos yeah. did but just you know it's like yeah you want to save the world and cause good and i see your point but the way you're going about it is very not great. Yeah, he, uh, for the majority of this series, he had the right intentions of, well, not, uh, he had what he perceived to be good intentions of super soldiers cannot be allowed to exist because when you give them this much power, look what they do. And then we get this group of flag smashers who are doing terroristic things of blowing up buildings and killing people and even though that they are doing it for a sound reason that makes a lot of sense they're still doing it in a dangerous way um that is perceived to be villainous so zemo's like i gotta stop them they can't be allowed to exist anymore and i do like that at the end of the series zemo kind of switches his narrative on bucky because he's like you are a super soldier but i'm not going to kill you like i originally wanted to because you're trying really hard to be good Right, it's it's less black and white for him. Yeah, so I think the next time we see Zemo, he's going to be less of a conniving villain and more of an anti-hero. Yeah. I, okay, so we brought up the Flag Smashers, right? So let me just mm -hmm. real quick uh, for our audience. I Actually, let's do this. Let's go on a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Flag Smashers and what we thought about that and how they handled that. And then maybe let's also talk about the Dora because the way they showed up was badass to a T. Gotta talk about I it. I loved it. All right, yeah. we'll hit that in just a second. All right, see you guys in a moment. I want to do this a little different because, uh, Leah, you have some differing opinions than me because my opinion of the Flag Smashers is probably 100% negative. 
<laughs> with how they were portrayed. So I'd rather hear your positivity first and what you did like about the Flag Smashers. I do really, I really, really enjoyed that the series took Carly Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers and did something a little different from the comic books because comic book, it's just one guy, the Flag Smasher. It's Carl Morgenthau. So I do appreciate that they went a different route with it and made it a group of people. Um, what was it? One world, one people. Uh, so I loved that we had this group of people that are young people that lived through the decimation or the blip that they call it in the MCU sometimes. And they're just trying really, really hard to keep refugees and people that lost their homes together now that the rest of the world is back and the government wants to pull out on helping these people and they're like we don't give a shit about you anymore uh so i love that we had a movement of people that came together under one leadership of a girl who just really wanted to do some good in the world it's just the way they went about it was a little skewed you know so we see that a lot with sam too when he is talking to carly he understands why she's doing it he supports the movement that she's starting and how people are helping and they're using their voices. He just doesn't support the the violent side of them, which I don't either, you know. And Sam's speech at the very end where he's like, we can't call these people terrorists anymore. I don't know what you would call them. Um, so I'm not sure if I necessarily have a 100% positive view on the Flag Smashers, other than just I do deeply understand why they're doing what they're doing and their motives. Um, I do think that they were taken advantage of by Power Broker with the Super Soldier Serum because they definitely could have still sparked this movement without the use of the Super Soldier Serum and Power Broker's backing on them. So what did you think about them? So I will say this. I... <laughs> I say I 100% have negativity towards it, but I really, I don't have 100. It's like 95%. There was a scene where Carly and Sam are in, I think it was like a warehouse type setting. And they're talking. And I thought that was a really cool scene they shot. I thought it was cool that like for a moment, for just a moment, Carly saw Sam as an adult she could trust and talk to. And I do think that for part of the series, Carly did trust Sam. Like, even though they were on opposing sides, I think there was mutual, definitely mutual respect. And then trust. I do think that that trust got ruined um, because Carly is very short. Uh, what do they call that? She's got a short fuse, uh, which I believe is true with the original character anyway. So that works. Um, there's a lot... I didn't like. I watched the assembled show about the series because I wanted to understand more why they did what they did. I like that it's a group. I think that that's more impactful than one person. And I think that's going to be more impactful in the future, especially since they didn't die. You know, getting to see what happens next with the Flag Smashers will be interesting and knowing that they're kind of an organization that we're going to see in the future because they're not going to stop until they get what they want. But also, what I didn't like was... I was okay with that they made Carl into Carly. That was fine with me. I honestly didn't like that she was a kid. I really didn't. Like, I I didn't see the point in making her a kid. I, you know, I heard the argument of like, oh, we wanted her to be like innocent looking and, you know, trustworthy, like unsuspected. But like, I would, if, <laughs> if I'm, you know, fighting on two trucks or if I'm on two trucks, 
and with stuff getting transported and there's just a kid on it. I'm not going to trust that kid right off the bat. Like when Bucky's like, oh, you're just a kid. I'm like, why, why are you trusting this person? <laughs> they're in the back of a truck and they're not being chained. They're not chained up or tied up or held down. They're there of their own free will. Why do you trust them? Like I was like, that's not a good. That's <laughs> Being a kid is not a good enough reason in the world to trust somebody like one, I don't trust little kids in general. <laughs> I I taught kids for three years. I definitely don't trust kids, especially her age. I definitely don't trust kids. <laughs> yeah, and they were like, let's make her a kid. It's like, that's not even a kid. Like, okay. I know. And she she's supposed to be, what, uh, 19 to 21, I think, um, in the series. That's not even really a kid. It would have yeah. been it would have been different, I guess, if she was like supposed to be seventeen or sixteen when she started this movement, and now she's like twenty, you know. And I mean, Sam is only at most late thirties. He's not that much older than her, and Bucky Barnes is like I think a hundred and five or something. Well, now. we can't we can't uh, that's we can't share so, his age. That's but, not fair. <laughs> yeah, but like physically, he's in his late thirties as well, you know. So it doesn't the she's a kid argument really kind of does not hold up a whole lot other than we have to remember that the super soldier serum enhances what's already there for you so it makes the good better and the bad worse so it took her worst qualities and enhanced them which i think is where she gets her violence is the only thing these people understand so let's just blow up a building full of people oh my god for um, real where, yeah whereas before the serum she maybe wouldn't have done that and she definitely did see Sam's point of view on there are other ways to go about this. And then Walker kind of messed that up when he came in, uh, which is kind of like what he did for most of the series was just mess things up trying to I'll say, Steve we'll, Rogers. We'll talk about Walker. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I really liked what they did with it, but I also didn't like it. Um, because I didn't think that the group was big enough to spark such a movement that they were trying to get us to see. But I appreciate Yeah, when they were in the group. streets. And the Flag Smasher symbol was there, and, like, five people picked up a mask and were like, yeah, now we're a part of this big group. Like, wow, five more people. Whoa, so cool. Like, I think that's that definitely going to take down a world organization. I was like, ooh, flesh mob. Uh, I think <laughs> what they were, you know, what they were trying to imply was that around the world, people were going to pick up masks like that. And I'm like, okay, I could kind of see something like that happening. Um but also I think not. it could have been done better. They could, and I know that this—it's a series, so it has a smaller budget, but it still has an obscene budget, and they had to cut a bunch of things due to pandemic and timing and getting this stuff done. So I do think that there's probably some things we're missing that they wanted with the flag smashers. Um, the flag smashers did all get killed at the end of the series, though. They—I thought some of them. I must say, I thought some of them got away in the trucks. Well, they, they arrested the remaining Flag Smashers after Carly died, and then Zemo's butler blew up the van that was transporting them. So I don't know if that was all of the Flag Smashers in that one van, which seems kind of like a stupid-ass idea, or if some I of think them it was only half of them. One. My guess is that it was only half of them. Because the newsreel at the end said, you know, the terrorist organization of the Flag Smashers have all been killed in an assassination or whatever. So I... I kind of hope that they come back to that and we do get to see at least one or two surviving Flag Smashers that are just like, fuck the Avengers and get Zemo out or, you know, I don't know, go after Zemo for some reason. I think a possibility 
is that if we do get the Thunderbolts, I think the Flag Smashers are going to be an anti-group. Also, the Flag Smash, the original Flag Smasher in the comic books, joins a group called Ultimatum, which is it's it's a it's a villain group essentially. Um, their their goal is exactly the reason why the original Flag Smasher joins Ultimatum is because the views of Ultimatum match the view of Flag Smasher. So, will we get to see this group come to life along with the Thunderbolts? And, or, you know, Ultimatum actually ends up fighting Ghost Rider and Punisher, and also Punisher and Moon Knight. So, are those going to kind of be things that we get set up for those? Because I think we have a Moon Knight Moon Ooh. Knight movie coming out, right? We have a TV series. It's going to be a mini series. TV series. With, uh, Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight. And you can't see my face, but I was just doing that, like, hands up in the air, ooh, thing. Uh, because there's rumors. I really try not to listen to the rumors too much, guys, but... Yeah, because we got screwed over in Scarlet got, Witch with that. We got screwed <laughs> over with WandaVision. I got... I won't talk about Black Widow yet. Um, we don't know what's going to happen in No Way Home yet. I'm so excited for Spider-Man, but I'm trying to keep my, my ducks real low on that one. Because uh, there's so many rumors regarding it. But... One of the rumors for Doctor Strange and Spider-Man or whatever, I forget which one, is that Ghost Rider will make an appearance um, or be mentioned in Doctor Strange. So if we're, we're getting a Moon Knight, we know that. Um, so if they do bring a Ghost Rider around, then that opens up an entire possibility of another world. That's, you know, Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, we would have Moon Knight, we'd have Ghost Rider, we've got the Flag Smashers, which become a part of the ultimatum in the comic books. Which, by the way, ultimatum, it's reveal. Just, just so you know. Um, and once again, our episodes are all about spoilers. And this doesn't necessarily mean that's how they're going to do in the movies, but I think this would be a cool way to do it. Ultimatum is funded by Red Skull, which is a Nazi. If you don't know that, Red Skull is this big villain who is a Nazi criminal, and he, he's, he is probably just the worst. He, he's yeah. literally, he's literally. The worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. So, you know, getting to see how that works out and also finally getting Red Skull, like, big screen time. Just, uh, because I want to see the worst of the worst because I want to see him get his ass handed to him. Yeah, and we did see Red Skull again in Endgame. He was the guardian of the Soul Stone. Um, that was so little, though. I wanted it was like so, so minuscule, and we did get him in the first Avengers movie. He was the the main driving villain of that film, but we didn't get to see the Red Skull. You know, like right. I want to see. I want to see more. Like, because yeah. if he's the I worst of the back. worst, he needs to be. Yeah, I think I. <laughs> I don't see any reason why they wouldn't bring him back in some form of a way, especially since we're about to get into some multiverse uh, stuff with the MCU. So I do think that we'll see him again now that we have. Thunderbolts on the table. We've got Young Avengers, Dark Avengers, um, different timelines coming together, and Ultimatum. You know, yep. We've got all these things in our hands. Like it, and if they don't take this opportunity to give me Old Man Logan, which they kind of, sort of pulled Old Man Logan influences for the Logan movie, uh, I'm gonna be really upset because they've got that right on the table. <laughs> yeah, it's they're. I think for people who know the comics can see the dots, and I I do think that we are, like, the fact that they brought in Valentina, and we are seeing Valentina more often, 
uh, I think is a pretty good indicator that they are taking the and Agatha. Agatha was a pretty good indicator mm-hmm. that we're taking the comics more seriously of what we're doing. We're taking a lot more characters from the comics and bringing them into the uh, TV and movie universe. Yeah, because we are now 24 movies deep into a universe and three series. So we're at the point now that they can kind of get more comic booky with it. And it still holds true. So. Right. I, I love that so much. And speaking of some of the things that we loved comic booky wise, let us discuss Sam Wilson's Captain America suit. Did we love it? So good. Okay. I loved it. I loved it. I was so excited when I saw that. I literally, that tag scene for episode five where he opens the suitcase and you don't see what's in it. I was like, that's cheap as hell. Give me the suit. Let me see the suit. And as soon as they debuted it, I gasped. I was like, that is the most comic book accurate hero suit that they have given us in a long time. Wanda? Yeah, it's Yeah, Wanda's really good. Um, and it's forever going to be, like, my favorite. But then you get to see 100% comic book accurate Sam Wilson Captain America flying around. I know they're going to change it when he comes around for his own movie. Because they always do. But... I was so excited. Yeah, that suit is dead on. Like, you can look at the comic book, and then you can look at the picture of his suit, and it is, I mean, like, literally, there's, like, a small, like, the smallest little change around the star, but that's it. That is literally it. Mm -hmm. It is dead on besides that. So, that was an amazing call out to the comics. I love that. Like, there was nothing I can say bad about that. Yeah, and I love that, you know, not only for the character of Sam, but for Anthony Mackie as well, because when he got the role as Sam Wilson the Falcon, he has been pestering Marvel to do a comic book accurate suit for him for years. And he wanted the red flight suit, the red spandex flight suit, so fucking badly. And he never got to have that. And uh, now that he just gets his, his first comic accurate Captain America suit, I'm just... I'm so happy for it. Yeah, I. That was amazing. Um, another thing that was amazing that we said we want to talk about were the Dora showing up. I just want to, I just want to real quick hype up that scene. The Dora show up in uh, Zemo's apartment and the whole fight scene. Oh it, it's God. straight up like <laughs> you have Bucky who is a super soldier. You have Sam Wilson who becomes Captain America. That doesn't matter. None of that matters. I honestly. <laughs> no, they were just like step back like i love that both of their reactions were just like we are not getting involved in the dora because we don't stand a chance yeah. like and the fact that in bucky that his arm just gets i love it poked off poked oh my off gosh. it didn't get sliced off she literally just went poke poke and his mechanical arm just falls it, she straight up buzz lightyeared him she hit all of his pressure points and uh, d- just arm falls off and his face the look on his face when they did that was both comical and heartbreaking because he was just like, I thought these people trusted me and they built a failsafe to take my arm away if I ever lost myself again. And uh, they never touched back on that, you know, like that that the that the Dora and Wakanda built this failsafe in Bucky's biggest asset, you know, uh, his metal arm just in case he actually is not in control of his mind anymore. And I think it's also just in case, because Bucky has free will right now. Uh, I think it's also just in case mm-hmm. he chooses the wrong path. Like I think the Dora and Wakanda in general are so prepared for every scenario. They are the 
ultimate like we talk about all these super soldiers and all oh, they're the greatest but like the dora and the and wakandians like they they're it they are like they are the prime example of how your fighters and warriors should be and they will do everything to be on top like as far as far as preparedness and i love that yeah, I was I was super super thrilled that they brought them into it because uh, I was very curious on if they would touch on anything related to Wakanda, um, just due to the fact that Bucky spent a couple years there. I think like two years, a year and a half, or something like that is what he was supposed to have spent in Wakanda with the Dora. So obviously, at some point, he would have trained with them. So he knows how they are, and he's just like, I'm not involved in this. You guys are clearly the more capable ones here. Uh, I do love that at the end of it, he made good on his word and he gave Zemo to the Dora. And uh, it seems right now like everything is in good standstill with them. So I'm very curious how Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to go now that we don't have our Black Panther anymore. Um, Oh, sad. Anytime that comes up, I get super, super sad. Um, For those of you who don't know, too, uh, Black Panther, because, you know, I really want the X-Men to come into the universe uh eventually storm was married to black panther so now that can't really uh happen yeah so that is not necessarily a missed opportunity because we can't really help it but no no not at all well that doesn't count that doesn't count just sad just sad that we can't see certain things happen and just sad i think they did have really big plans to use that as part of the the introduction of these characters and i'm still hopeful that they'll find a way to do that with adora because it is rumored i don't know if it's been confirmed yet that we are getting a disney plus series regarding the dora uh i hope so i really hope so those will be the most amazing fight scenes in the world oh my gosh and the fight choreography in this series itself was so good this was a heavy action-packed series and the they focused on the female fighting too a lot yeah and i don't want to say 100 it was so well done yeah because we had a female director um but that could be some of the influence to it you know we got to see the dora uh throwing john walker around you know he definitely was looking strong um we got i loved seeing john walker get thrown around by the door that made me so happy zemo's passive like i'm just gonna stand in the doorway you people are psycho and Bucky's just sarcastic nature of like I fucking hate this guy. I'm just gonna watch him get his ass. Now, beat. honestly, like why? It's like if if you're ready to move on to John Walker, I'm ready. Yeah, we can go ahead. Let's get into John Walker. Um, what did we what did we love about John Walker before we get into the things that we did not like? I loved what I hated, if that makes sense, because I think that <laughs> yeah. I think his purpose was to be not liked in the beginning. I but do. Yeah, I. What I do, what I will say, is that sometimes even when you're the character that isn't liked in the beginning, I understood the reason he was doing the things he was doing. And he is comic book accurate. He, like, Lamar, his partner, is comic book accurate. All of it is. Um, you know, they did, they did wonderfully with both of those characters. They really and... did. I was so sad when Lamar died. I was like, why? Yeah. No, I, I couldn't no. believe. I did not think that they were going... I knew that... They had to do something to get why uh, John Walker to that point where he kind of breaks because his psyche is always so on the line. You know, he's always one second away from snapping in the comics, in the TV series, and we needed something to push him there. This was a really show like, full of short fuses. 
Yeah, and we needed to see that something that's going to break the public's trust in him as Captain America because we know he doesn't stay Captain America. No. But we had to get to why. So I I knew that something was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to be Lamar or Battlestar dying. I thought it was going to be him doing something to one of the Flag Smashers or even killing a Flag Smasher and then Lamar going, this is not what we signed up for. This right. is not you. You're better than this. Because Lamar's his voice of reason. He really is. Like, you see John Walker struggle a lot in the show, like, on their off time, and Lamar's like, listen, like, you've been through this. You've got medals of honor, like, and just, like, being a friend, a true friend that's encouraging and everything. Like, I loved Lamar. I was, like, that's why when he died, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, why did my heart? (laughs) We could have gotten him... uh through a thunderbolt series and then that's where we lose him you know and then that's yeah i would have liked to lose him later hero coming into play and wyatt russell was so phenomenal and yeah amazing like like these guys are so they they had so much chemistry they were so good and i really hated that the general public like was shitting on them really bad because they were they were incredible as their characters and you really got to see what they were thinking and feeling and you you started to understand john walker a bit more with his yeah i got these medals of honor for the worst day of my life and doing things that i never wanted to do in my life and things i never thought i'd have to do and now he just so desperately wants to live up to steve rogers name like he wants to be good and yeah he wants to be captain america more than anything but he doesn't have the heart for it he wanted you know, to be Steve. He wanted he to wanted straight to be up Steve. be Steve. Which yeah, he didn't want to be himself as Captain America. He wanted to become this other person. Yeah, he wanted and... to be Steve Rogers, which is what made him like is what made him made me not like him. I was like, stop trying yes. to be something you're not, because you're not yeah. ever No what Sam Wilson isn't gonna be Steve Rogers. He's Sam Wilson. Like, but I love that. But, like, you trying to be Steve Rogers is the reason why it is so hard to like you. Because no one will ever be Steve Rogers. Yeah, and I love that they did touch on that in the series, too. That that uh, they do your callback to the serum enhances what's good and enhances what's bad. And, unfortunately, John Walker was just full of so much past trauma and past aggression that it amplified all of that and we got that call back to the first avenger but he tells steve you know you're a good man and not a perfect soldier and that's what we need and john walker is a perfect soldier and a flawed man right exactly and when people reacted to him using the shield the way he did to kill that flag smasher you know i'm just being honest that's what a soldier would do in that line of work 100% the mentality of years of stress and PTSD um, accumulating. And yeah, you just killed his best friend. The closest person in the world and die. Yeah. Like, and you're on the bad side and you're also the enemy. Yeah. He is going to use the weapon he has and he's going to kill you because, like, newsflash day to day life, we have war. We have soldiers that go out and kill people and kill our soldiers. That's that's the reality of life. And so that's what he is. That was a very real moment. And when people online were like, oh, this is why I hate him. I'm like, no, this is why I love him because th- this is him not being Steve. This is him being John Walker. Yeah, and I think that that's like where the the MCU public, like the the characters of that show started to turn their back on John Walker. 
because he just used this symbol that's supposed to to mean something to people. That means freedom. This means I'm going to fight for everybody, no, no matter where you are, who you are. I'm fighting for what's right and what's good to protect people. And he has now used it to kill somebody. Right. Uh, and being recorded doing it. And we know with 100% certainty that Steve Rogers would not have reacted that way. No, not at all. Because he did. He watched his closest friend in the world supposedly die in front of him in the first Avengers movie. He watched a lot of his friends die in Infinity War, in Endgame, and he did not react with that aggression. He found different routes to go about things. Even in Civil War, when uh, Crossbones was going to kill him, you know, and Ultron, when uh, Ultron was trying to destroy the world and everything, he still found a more peaceful solution that wasn't, I'm going to kill this person. He found it a more was, justice way to do it. Not a, yeah. reven- not a revenge way, but a justice. There's, and there's a difference, yeah. you know, and John Walker is a soldier and it's a, it was about revenge and in that moment it wasn't about justice because justice would have been taking him in and questioning him and what are the flag smashers doing and tell us more but but what he did was vengeance yeah and it it made me think of this quote that i saw a long time ago that i I don't remember who said it but uh it was if you kill a killer the amount of killers in the world stays the same yeah so absolutely john walker didn't he didn't write any wrongs with that he made things worse and look what happens he he very much does get similar treatment to isaiah bradley in that moment of the government set me up to become this person i became this person and i i killed a flag smasher you guys are calling them terrorists we don't negotiate with terrorists they need to be destroyed stopped and i did it and now you're dishonorably discharging me from the military and taking away my my shield I did what you wanted me to do, and now you're betraying me. Yeah, you did it the wrong way. The public didn't like it, so sorry. Because really what the government wanted was a new public figure that the public would love so the government could still have their hands in the public eye. Yeah, they wanted to have an Avenger on payroll that they could puppet. Exactly. And John Walker wanted to just be Captain America. Right. You know, he wanted to go save the world. So I don't think that he ever really stood a chance or had a fair he chance. He didn't. Absolutely like they, not. They designed, they designed him for failure. Yeah. And when he meets Valentina, you want to believe that something good is going to come from that because, well, now he's a U.S. agent. But we still don't know which version of Val we're getting. You know, I think... Yeah, it's because Val is very... She's very complex. Yeah, she's very... She's probably one of the most complex characters you're gonna get um it's i don't even know how to get into her we probably won't this because she she comes along later on and we're gonna see a lot more of her mm-hmm. the contessa valentina allegria de la fontaine i just that name is so crazy <laughs> <laughs> and we're for sure gonna see her again um i think she's going to be a recurring character in a lot of the tv series that we're about to get into so Valentina will definitely come up again in a later episode. Also, I love that they chose Julia Lewis uh, Dreyfus, uh, if I'm saying her uh, second last name right, Julia Lewis, uh, to play her because I love Julia Lewis. Oh, yeah, she was amazing. And when she first came on screen, I was like, that's not, they're not doing that right. Because we have to remember the timeline of events for Marvel releases was supposed to be Black Widow first. 
Right. And then it was going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier, and then WandaVision, and then Loki. And they had to change the order of things due to the pandemic. So we didn't get to see that introduction in another property first. So this was the first time seeing her in the MCU. So when she walked on screen, I was like, they're, they're not doing Madame Hydra, are they? Because, like, they didn't even get to her, her name out, and I looked at her, and I was like, that's not, they're not, that's not Madame Hydra. They wouldn't fucking do that, like, right now. And then they introduced her, and I was like, okay, maybe they are. So, <laughs> maybe, maybe here we go. <laughs> yeah. I, one, I was impressed that I was able to dig that deep into my memory and be like, Madame Hydra? Uh and two, I was like, oh, they actually did some shit. Oh, wow. Yeah, I I loved her introduction. I loved, I definitely, I, I would have, I think, I think it was okay that we saw her first in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, I think it still worked. It's still very setting up for Thunderbolts coming um, along. Yeah, I still, I think that they, they did you a proper introduction at the end of this with a US agent in Val, Valentina. Because they introduced her full name, whereas that is not what we saw in something different that we'll talk about later. Uh, so I think it still worked. The timeline of events still did work out in this. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm happy. I will say this about John Walker. This is the last thing I'll say about him is that I'm happy he became U.S. agent because I didn't even I. You know, the whole time I was mad at him trying to be Steve, and Ashton was actually the one to be like, I think he's gonna be U.S. agent. I uh, think that his outfit kind of calls out to that. And when he said that, the light bulb went off and I was like, okay, I'm fully on board with this character. Like, I'm ready. I want U.S. Agent to be in yeah. there because the more comic book characters we bring in, like, I think the world's going to be, the world of the MCU is going to get better. Also, I think right now, because of Endgame, we're in a rebuilding structure of the MCU where we've lost a lot of characters. A lot of the characters are getting a little older. A lot of the characters are like, I don't want to fight anymore because of that. So we're getting a restructure of new characters, which is, I think what all these shows and movies are doing of who is still in the game. Who's not as in the game and who are we going to be looking forward to next? A hundred percent. And I do think that we're seeing the rebirth of the Avengers coming through because not only do we have a new captain America to lead our Avengers, we're about to meet, uh, Kate Bishop, we are meeting Yelena, we are meeting uh, Wiccan and Speed and U.S. Agent, and we got Joaquin in this, Joaquin Torres, and uh, he becomes the Falcon in the comics. Uh, he takes up that mantle when Sam becomes Captain America. So we're seeing all of these characters come to life with us, so I wouldn't be surprised if in five less than five years we get another Avengers movie of these characters you know and then we're meeting uh cassie lang you know stature so we we are getting closer to something big we just don't know what the big is yet i mean i have ideas on that but we'll get into it at another point um yeah we'll get it yeah i think that we've pretty much reached everything we wanted to talk about for this series Unless there's anything you can think of but i i I touched on everything that kind of oh i'm sorry let me just as a last little last little push out, uh, I just want to put some recognition on the soul gazing exercise oh, between that. Sam and Bucky. Apparently, there's like an hour of footage of that, like 30, 30 full minutes of that scene that we just never got to see. And I really hope that they give us that at some oh. point. Um, I love the fact that they had to sit there that long with their knees all interlocked and just real just close and looking at each other. I love that. Each other's eyes. That's um. Uh, 
that's some exposure therapy for a new friendship. You know, I love that. And I think that that really cemented their friendship even more because this was very much the Bucky Sam show or the Sam Bucky show. And uh, I was here for it, you know. Um, I love that. Yeah, the dynamic was just wonderful, awkward, and meaningful. And I love, yeah, it was great. And the, fun fact, uh, if this is a psychology fact, uh, that I learned from therapy and also reading online. So like both, I've heard it from legitimate professionals as well. When you actually stare at someone else in their eyes for a long time, you're actually regulating each other. Isn't that crazy? So I'm pretty sure that's part of what she was trying to do is regulate them and get them on the same page. You can actually sit and stare into someone else's eyes and them stare into yours. And that can help you connect. Yeah, I think I think it helped too because like they were definitely more in sync as the series went on, especially uh, when they got to Madripoor. So we like to do this little thing called Missed uh, Connections, which is where the MCU could slowly introduce some mutants to us and some X-Men. And I do think that Madripoor was supposed to be a nod to that. So when they get to Madripoor... You can definitely tell that Bucky and Sam are, like, looking out for each other. That they care about each other, even though they don't want to admit it. So I, I do think that the soul gaze helped get them there. Yeah, I yeah, the soul gaze was just... I loved it. It, was, it made me laugh, and then it also made me be like, wow, that's actually, like, a real psychological thing that people do. Like, especially people with, like, anxiety about getting close to another person like that's something you can do to help fight that anxiety so and please don't listen to me as if i'm a therapist because i'm not licensed in any way i'm just going off of what i've been told by a licensed therapist yeah this is all just speculation on our part but i i mean you could see that they they took effort into this they really studied into ptsd trauma um refugee survival tactics and therapy so like they put some effort into this series and i really appreciated it yeah, and Madripoor, I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth, but Madripoor, what first appearance of that place was in New Mutants number 32 in October 1985 in the 80s. Yeah. So yeah. the X-Men are what introduced that place. Yeah, just so saying. In, I know Wolverine has a bar in Madripoor, and that's kind of where he hides out sometimes. So we could be getting closer to our mutants coming through. And I think Madripoor was opened the, the Marvel world and we're like, oh, let's use that place. I know that they kind of did it for the Power Broker setup, which I do want to touch on that very quickly. Um, your thoughts on Power Broker and Sharon Carter being revealed to be Power Broker. Like, was that a surprise for you? I thought it was interesting. It was, it was a surprise, but it wasn't like a wow surprise, if that makes sense. It was underwhelming. It was very, I, I found it very underwhelming too. Like... The end of that, what episode was it that she came in? Three or four? When at the end of that episode, she was like, I got to make some calls and I'll meet you guys later or whatever. She got in the car and I was like, oh, she's power broker. Like, she's too heavily invested in their mission to just be a person that is on the run from the government still. And uh, helping two famously known Avengers at this point. Uh, she's power broker. I knew that from the, like, when they revealed it at the end, I was like, ooh, big, big shock, you know? Yeah, I, it, it was just very underwhelming. I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I was just like, oh, all right. Yeah, I was like, I was really cool. hoping that they wouldn't reveal to us who Power Broker was, but that they, they would reveal Sharon was a disciple of Power Broker. You know, like, 
she yeah had, make us believe something different for the moment yeah that she had to do something to survive post thanos in a world where she's on the run for breaking the accords and the avengers didn't back her play which i find a little hard to believe if she was dusted for five years that she would come back in eight months become a power broker so because i thought that they confirmed she was part of the the dusted in endgame yeah it seems quick it just that whole power broker thing i just wasn't a big fan i to, to be honest i kind of ignored it a little bit because i was like eh, i did too good. i wasn't i liked that they did it that the, that the flag smashers had somebody looming but i didn't care yeah you know and i just didn't care sharon carter sharon coming back agent 13 coming back i was like do we do we need her you know because her whole comic book storyline is so tangled with his that I was terrified they were going to try and do something lame and make her a love interest. Oh, God, yeah, I'm glad that didn't happen. I don't know. I just, I was very underwhelmed with Sharon's presence in this. Her choreography and her fight scene in the shipping container yard was easily one of the most badass things I've ever seen in a Marvel property. Uh, this series put a lot into stunt coordination and fight scenes. Are you sure. talking about when Zemo finally put his mask on for the first time since we've seen him? Yes. Like... I loved it. I loved that sequence of events of, like, Sharon shows up, she saves the day, she kicks some ass, uh, the boys are kind of, like, just there, you know, like, arguing with each other, not really doing anything, and it's up to these two side characters to come in and, and get shit done. Um, I was sad we didn't see Zemo's mask. Yeah. I, I flipped when I saw Zemo's mask go on. Oh, yeah, I loved it. I wish it got, I wish it got left on more. Yeah, I was a little sad that they didn't, like, integrate that into the storyline a little bit more for him um i could i also couldn't see a point of the series where they would have done it and it made sense though after that right right no yeah it, it didn't make sense for him to have it but man did i love it i oh, just yeah, i loved it i it's such a simple mask but i just love it so much for his character uh if you don't know what it is it's kind of like a purpley it's almost like a ski mask type situation yeah um and it's purple and it's got the lines like I don't it's so simple but I just love it when he put it on I flipped I was like yes finally oh yeah I, and I know Daniel Brew uh bro bro was uh very excited for that too he was he was looking forward to Zemo coming back and having his comic book look again it's just at the end of the day it was still very underwhelming that they didn't utilize it more um Sharon yeah, Carter was it's like they gave us a little taste. Yeah, so I'm I'm very hopeful that we'll see him in his mask again. Yeah, me too. I want more. Of, I I think he's gonna get away from Wakanda. Honestly, I don't think they're gonna be able to hold him. How I have no idea. It's gonna have to be something very stealthy because there's no way he's fighting his way out because that's BS. Oh yeah, no, and I think that the Dora said they were gonna take him to the raft. Uh, so he'll for sure get out of that one way or another. Um, so we'll see him again. We'll see his mask again. Uh, um, Captain America for a very long time has been my favorite character. So when they took him out of the equation in Endgame, I was excited and sad to lose him. Uh, I knew it was coming yeah. though. Yeah. You know, you know, things are going to start changing after big movies like that. And that's, that's kind of like what we were saying. We're in a reconstruction period right now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, going from that into our very brief this week segment of what if scenarios um the biggest one we've already talked about the madripoor uh 
on if they had used that a bit more. So the only other thing that I could really come up with this for this series was the rumored series plot that they were originally going with, um, which I think did get disproved by the head writer Malcolm um, on another podcast I listened to. But the rumor was that they were going to use the Flag Smashers to release a virus to, again, kill off half the population in the world. And it was going to be up to Sam and Bucky and company to stop them. So the world we live in when this show was being made uh, with COVID rampant, they clearly didn't want to do a storyline like that involving a virus. Right. <laughs> too, that's, a, that's a little too real in a not great way. <laughs> but I do, I do think that that would have had almost a bigger impact than the Flag Smashers just trying to like... We took a serum. Now we're going to go blow up some buildings, you know? Yeah. Like I said, I just, I wasn't a fan of the Flag Smashers that like 95% of how I felt about them was like negative. And I think it was, but I, I give grace because this show was shot in the middle of pandemic. Also, it was shot in the middle of like the places that they were going to film earthquakes. Yeah, so they, so they, this show had a lot against it. They were working against filming wise. Yeah, they were on a tight schedule and a lot going on, and they still got it, got it done, got it out. We still got really good graphics, CGI, uh, coordinations, acting. So, like the truck fighting scene, yeah, that was sick. Yeah, just they delivered on everything that they wanted to give us. That opening sequence of Sam soaring through the air to get back the uh, the pilot or whatever they were trying to rescue from Batroc the Lipper. Um, I fucking love and for those that of you that using him. Yeah, and, and for those too. of you that don't know, those uh, flight suits that Sam was fighting against, those are real professional flight suit people like that was not that was not fake that was not yeah, those, those are real people flying through real pair yeah they really threw some para jumpers uh, out do your like, thing we're gonna get you we're gonna edit I sam in i love that we got you know i loved that they did that too that they were like we're just gonna cgi his fucking goggles and uh i love that we got joaquin um torres on the on the ground chasing after him just fanboying hard over everything that Sam yeah. did in this series. So I even though they didn't go with the virus storyline that I do think would have pushed them further and harder um and made a more well-rounded point. Yeah. They did for, good. For everything they were dealing with on a filming side and the things they had to change, they they still did really good. I still really loved the series. I you know, regardless of the things I had against it, I'm still very excited for the things it has set up with a lot of characters. So overall, great series. And I would suggest it to anybody. I have suggested it to several people. I, I have as well. Um, a lot of people that I talked to about the, the Marvel stuff in real life really were on the fence about watching this because after WandaVision, they were like, I like that side of the, the MCU, the mystical side of it. I don't necessarily like the grounded in reality side. And I was like, well, just trust me, these characters are worth it. And uh, yeah, they they are. They really are. I, I have a lot of friends that are like really big activists too. you know, uh, have the bravery to go to protest and do those things. And I'm like, well, you need to watch this show because it, it talks it, it touches on the reality of the world right now. And I think that's very important. Yeah, I, I do think that they used this show to definitely help give a voice to people that that needed it and to show people that they weren't alone in the world with these struggles that are currently just even more so raging now 
I'm excited for the future of Sam Wilson as Captain America. And now that they, I think, basically confirmed another Captain America movie coming with him. Uh, so the the last kind of real big, big push question I have is, do we think that Carly had to die at the end? Like, to to make her point. I don't think she had to, but I don't know. That, like I said, that was just such a, that whole Carly thing was just such like a, I, it was so hard for me to care. What were your thoughts? <laughs> You're going to have to, I'm going to have to hear your thoughts on this one because I really, <laughs> it was so hard for me to care so, about Carly. I completely understood Carly's movement on this of when she in frustration shouts, why do I have to fight so hard to be a person on this planet? And uh, you really do understand her frustrations throughout the series. They did good of of showing you that. She needs to die for her point to be made at the end of this series. I I do think that the push of her dying is what gets Sam to give his first big Captain America talking to to the to the congressmen and women that he just saved. I agree with that. Hundred percent agree with that. So if she hadn't died, he wouldn't have done that, which probably would not have led to them reevaluating their position on the relocation of the refugee camps which is what the entire series was about but they didn't focus on that a whole lot so i i do suppose that yeah she did always have to die yeah i okay when you put it like that totally yeah i agree i just yeah because i the the speech that sam gave needed to happen and if that's the catalyst that needed to be the catalyst for it then yeah then she she did and i do think that that's going to make the flag smashers even more the ones that survived even more tight knit and like, yeah, screw the government. Like, look what they did. Cause just because you take out a leader doesn't mean another yeah. leader doesn't come into play, which uh cough cough ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, and there still are supporters and followers of the flag smashers all around the world. That's clear. They have an app, right? They have, exactly. a, they have an app for some reason, uh, you know? Yeah. I thought that was interesting, but <laughs> Bucky and his, I love this app. Like I don't, whatever but so there's still people out there that support the movement so even though the the core flag smashers died allegedly i i don't think that the movement stops with carly's death especially now with sharon carter the power broker being back in the government and apparently going to go sell off some secrets or whatever so we'll find out more about that i would say probably in the in the iron wars i think is what it's going to be called series with roadie as war machine um We'll probably see a little bit more of her ultimate government betrayal. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, um, I know right now, uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is currently 90% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's a 7.4 out of 10 on IMBD. I am, yeah, I'm AD. Uh, do you think that that's a justified I think so. Rating? I, for, for, for everything they had to deal with on the filming side and for everything they were able to accomplish, I think that's. I think the 90% is fair, for sure. I think the 7.8, um, I probably would have just made it an 8, to be honest. I don't get, I don't get why we've got to get so specific on the 7 point whatevers. I probably just would have bumped it to an 8 <laughs> uh, on my end. Yeah, I think it's a solid 8 out of 10, you know, um, for the obvious reason that we've just spent two hours Yeah, exactly, about. everything we've said. <laughs> uh, all right, so... Um, Wrap up discussion real quick. Uh, do you have an attachment to Captain America? Did he did his character resonate with you at all? Either the Steve uh, Rogers version or the Sam Wilson? Both. 
I love both. Steve Rogers, his heart of gold, his uh, ability to hold Thor's hammer because he was worthy. Amazing. Sam Wilson having to go through everything he went through, things that I'll never understand, but having the the opportunity to see it on the screen in at least that format so I can somewhat, a little, like 5% understand, not fully understand, never will, but just to see it, you know, that's that was a privilege for, for me to see that. So I love both. They both resonate with me. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I'm stoked to see what comes next. Yeah, I'm so excited. And I could never obviously choose between which Captain America is my favorite because no, I, I love both of them. They both have very, very similar qualities to them. And obviously Steve Rogers never got to know that Isaiah Bradley existed, um, which is just sad in itself because, you know, if he did, he would have fought with everything in him to to make it right for Isaiah. Absolutely. And... Uh, and I think that that would have led to him distrusting the government even more than he already was in the Winter Soldier movie. Um, so his his going nomad cap uh, in at the end of Civil War and Infinity War was really no surprise to anybody. Because Steve Rogers and Captain America at that point had moved beyond just a patriotic symbol, you know. And just Captain America in general means the world to me. And... I'm so excited to see more of him in any iteration, but I'm thrilled that it's it's Sam Wilson that we're getting. Yes, I'm really excited that it's Sam Wilson that Captain America didn't just die with Steve because that's yeah. one that would have been dumb and two not comic accurate. And I like when things are comic accurate, so I'm really happy to see. Like I've never been super connected to Captain America as a character myself, but I do love that. Like I still love the character, and I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, like um, I still. Obviously, at some point in life, would love to see Bucky pick up that shield even briefly and just be his weird Captain America version of himself. But I know that his character is never, that is not who he is, you know? Right. So I, I loved it. I loved it, especially when Steve was his tiny pre-serum self and he just wanted to fight for what was right, no matter what happened to him and no matter what the world said. So that's my final thoughts on that. Sweet. Well, I think that... Yeah, I think... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we're both like, we're trying to end this. It's been like two hours. <laughs> like, I, I think that we did need this series to push us through to the, the start of phase four of the MCU. And I'm excited to continue on. And I think that we all know what is coming next week. Uh, and we are yes. very, very excited yes. to finally Absolutely. get there. I'm very excited. And uh, we're going to try and release episodes every Wednesday, I believe, is our is what we're going to attempt. You know, this is only our second episode, so have some grace with us, please. Please, we beg of you. Uh, we are trying to figure out our the best schedule for us and our <laughs> lives because we are real human beings with lives outside of this podcast. So we are trying to kind of find what works best for us. So it may change a few times, but eventually we are going to get something pretty solid. And then, but right now we're pretty set on every Wednesday, something coming out now, right? Yeah. I think Wednesdays are going to be our days. Um, that aligns us with the current MCU Disney plus schedule of every Wednesday, you get some new content. Uh, I will say that while at the moment we are focused on the MCU, that is not the only thing we are focused on. So there are other things coming 
after next episode. Things are coming. Like, there are other things we really want to talk about. It's just the MCU is pumping stuff out so fast, and we just get so excited about it that we just want to talk about it right now. Give us some time. We are going to get to everything. We can just, we can only do one episode a week. We, we probably, there's probably enough content for us to do like three episodes a week, but we can't make that happen. Nope. As much as we wish we could. It's just yeah how life is. So I forgot how to end this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just. <laughs> and, uh, uh, bye-bye. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. Break me off a piece <laughs> of that flag smasher. Jesus. Because eventually Morbius will come out in theaters and we could talk about all that other stuff. I'm a piece of shit. It's okay.
Like, I don't want to be a Funko dealer. This is... A Funko dealer? <laughs> I was like, I didn't mean to do this.